0: Okay, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. All right. So again, first thing we would like to do, especially because a lot of people are in and out, uh, which is okay, is the big picture. So we covered the seven churches and uh, the seven seals uh, last week. We covered the sixth seal, okay? uh, fifth and sixth seals, and we saw that the seals that we talked about. By the way, these are the seals for a scroll or a book that's next to uh, God, sitting next to him. And we said that this book or scroll can be the book of life, can be the Bible, can be the story of salvation, can be a lot of these things which is hidden and unknown to us. And only God knows it and only God has full control to open it and to reveal to us what's in it. and the first seal was Christ you know going out on a white horse protecting the church the three seals following that were the devil and his attack on the church then we saw the fifth seal the church under the altar sixth seal the tribulation at the end times and some people see that as actually the time of the antichrist and his coming and now we're gonna venture oops, into the seventh seal which is the final punishment and getting closer to the end of the world and the big bang and all the nice stuff right? and we covered this last week when you know we said all the horsemen are there almost all the time but they take peaks and valleys at different times right? so now with trumpets the we are at the time of the trumpets we will we'll cover these one at a time in detail all right. so why don't we just read chapter eight and I'm proposing that this time we read chapter 8 fully and then we go back and do one word by word, right? As we back. Okay. So who's going to volunteer to read? Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Lord. Amen. When we opened the seventh sphere, we were silent and
1: heavy for about half an hour.
2: And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and made the death the seven princes. Then another angel, came, another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it it to the earth, and there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to to sound. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers, and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water because it made, because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded, and the third the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpets, of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound.
0: Will be to uh-huh. Alright. So this is chapter 8. Right. Let's go back and look at this a little bit of a time. So this is the seventh seal, and I said the the father seal. You know there are two opinions. Either you see those sevens, the group of sevens, describing the same thing, which is basically the story of humanity, multiple times. Whether the seven churches, seven seals, seven you know trumpets, all these describing the same period of humanity and some other fathers see that as you know this is you're getting more and more closer toward the end days so each group gets you closer toward the end times closer to the end times until you really talk about the same coming of Christ okay. so some you know, some fathers thought that the sixth seal when we if we go back quickly and talk about the sixth seal they say that the, the sixth sixth seal basically since it's number six and man was created on the sixth day it represents a lot of uh, iniquity a lot of the weakness of humanity and you know that represents the coming of the antichrist and again that's not necessarily uh, the case but some like to see it that way Uh, here's the fifth seal So if we go back to Revelation 6.12 And when he had opened the sixth seal I looked and behold there was a great earthquake and the sun became black and the sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth even as victory casts her untimely twigs when she is shaken by a mighty wind And, and you know, so on found that this is uh, one of the Beginning signs of the end of the world. So again, this is what some believe: the coming of the Antichrist. And we said this can happen, can be ha- can happen, sometime during history, and can be repeating itself multiple times. But most likely, will repeat itself toward the end days. So you can look at these seals as describing humanity, or what went through humanity from the beginning of time, or since you know Christ uh, actually resurrected and ascended to heaven until His second coming, and more likely going to be repeated intensely toward the end days. So when He opened the seventh seal, which again represents the end, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Again, the silence in heaven is very strange, because so far when, since the beginning of the book of Revelation, the only thing we heard in heaven is what? Continuous praise. Continuous praying. So when there's silence in heaven, it's you know a little bit awkward. And there are several opinions. You know, one opinion says that you know the silence due to the amazement of the heavenly. You know of what God is prepared for humans as far as glory and honor, as far as judgment as well. So they they were amazed to see what's going to happen. Uh, another opinion says that uh, there's sadness in heaven because they see. Especially with the coming of the Antichrist and people deviating from from God so much, after God have done all this for humans, and you know we saw that the heavenly have been praising God continuously on the salvation for us. They see uh, you know humans or you know mankind basically turning away from God and following this Antichrist. They were so saddened by that, and they stopped praising. That's an opinion. The third one is that basically the sounds coming from heaven are commandments and instructions and sometimes God you know for example when he issued the commandment to destroy Nineveh however after people repented he changed his mind and he issued a new command to change the situation and you know after the repentance he forgave them and so on but now there are no more changes of commands the last commands have been issued this is it, this is the end Uh, as we are going to see later on let those still steal, steal, and those who commit adultery continue to commit adultery because that's it, there's no more you know, change of hearts so now the the final judgment have been declared, so we can there's no, you don't have to necessarily adopt one opinion or the other all three opinions can fit together and can represent the picture however there's something that's illegal what some people say is that they go into some nice equations. They say, okay, a day for God is like a thousand years. So half an hour is what? It's 21 21 years. You divide 1,000 by 24, you get an hour. And then you divide that again by two to get half an hour, like 21 years. And some people use these, you know, math tricks. Uh, to do weird stuff and complete things and some of them actually concluded that the Antichrist is I'm sorry not the Antichrist the end of the world is uh, October 2001 I don't know whether you heard that or not but if you haven't heard that the end of the world passed by don't worry I always miss it <laughs> <laughs> you missed it again buddy there's another one 2007 okay I heard on the radio when we when? I heard it on the radio oh okay I I all right uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so, again, this is not really the case. I mean, half an hour is a short period. God is trying to tell us half an hour. Okay, it's a short period of time that's going to happen. I mean, again, when we come to the, especially the mention of times and so on in the, in the prophecies, it becomes very difficult to understand. In the prophecy of Daniel, for example, if you go back, you know, to the Prophet of Daniel, chapter 9 and 10, and, you know, the 70-day, you know, it's a 70-week prophecy where it predicts exactly when Christ is going to be born. The last week is split. And the first half of the last week is until Christ is crucified. The second half of the last week is about the Antichrist. So in between one week is history of, you know, of mankind from Christ until second coming. Very wide. So we don't know. What's this time? So let's use half an hour as just a period of silence in heaven. Amazed, saddened, surprised about what's going to happen to us. Right? Nice. Sure.
3: Um, is it because they foresaw what, hap- what was going to happen? Because it's, it didn't happen. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. So are they? What are they like? Seeing what's happening, or are they foresaw what was happening?
0: That's a very good question. Uh, as far as the heaven is concerned. Uh, I don't, you know, we don't know whether they know the future or not. Uh, I think they see God's commandment. Uh, You go to any of the righteous people, and for example, they look at a person and his lifestyle, and they can tell you what's going to happen to that person. It's nothing weird. Uh, But uh, based on the actions of what's going on, they know they can predict what's happening easily. Uh, God. Only, is the only one who knows the future. He doesn't tell us, you know, we don't know whether all the heavenly have the, God given the authority to know the future or not, but only God knows that. So we know for sure that the devil doesn't know. Go ahead, go ahead, continue. Go ahead. I was
3: going to say, the reason I'm asking is because one of, the, one of the innocent questions you hear a lot within service, even, you know, through youth groups and so on, is if, you know, if you lost a loved one, I mean, you know, can they still see us, and they can they see what's happening on
0: the earth? Yes, the yes they do, and we saw that in the fifth seal, alright, and if you go back to the fifth seal, in chapter, I think, you know, six, right, uh, we see that they are in heaven, seeing us, and looking at what's going on, and and, and crying for God, on you know, to what's happening here on earth, right, uh, however, do they know what's going to happen? It's a different story. You can see, for example, a group of people living in sin. And you can you know, easily tell this group of people, look guys, if you don't straighten your path, you're going to end up to be in trouble. You may end up to go in jail. You,
4: know,
0: you don't know the future, but you know that this path will lead to destruction. And you see a student... You know, maybe he's not the, the smartest student, but he is really working his, you know, hard and he's doing his best effort in school. Tell him you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have an excellent future. It's not because you know the future; no, it's because you see that, you know, attitude and so on. So, when the heavenly see the antichrist coming and the, you know ruling on earth, and they see people forsaking God and turning their back away from God and going into following the devil and following the evil one, it's e- very easy to predict. Not even for the heavenly, for the earthly people, the righteous people, to know what's going to happen next.
2: Probably among the seven angels preparing, you know, they saw them preparing the trumpets, they saw them getting ready to do, you know, they saw everything, that they didn't see what was going to happen, but clearly there must have been some discussion among them when they were preparing the seven angels, so they know what's about them, think they see that they're about to sound the trumpets, so that's why they were silent.
0: I don't think we understand the concept of time as far as heaven is concerned. It's a dimension. I don't know whether it exists in heaven or not. I don't know. Right? For example, you know, you know, when Christ was speaking, he was speaking about things that are going to happen in the future and far future, as if they are they are the same to him. They are the same but, because, of course, he's God. Yeah. The, the parable, for example, of, of Lazarus. You know, this is comes you know as a very Common question: Is this, this was this happening? It happened before Christ. Did it happen after Christ? Is it going to happen in the second coming? We don't know. So the concept of time. If they don't feel time, does time exist? Is past, present, future the same to them? No,
2: no but I'm saying.
0: Okay. Let's think. We don't know. There are certain things we don't know. We can say. Let's not give an opinion about things that the Bible specifically did not give an opinion. Until we meet one of them and ask them. Okay. But if you speak
2: there's no, seven, there's no time spent. We, we
0: do not understand. We, we are going to live it. God gives you long life and everything but so you're going to live that experience <laughs> forever. So give yourself some time. Okay. Alright. And I saw seven angels who stood before God and seven trumpets given to them. Alright. So le- let's let's look at the first let's jump to this other angel and then go back to the trumpets and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and many incense were given to him so that he should offer it with prayers of all saints on the golden altar before the throne Uh, this is is this is christ the second angel is christ as we talked before in the Old Testament, most of the appearances of the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, you find that the, this, you know, the Bible starts by the angel of the Lord appeared and then there, you know after that talks about God himself talking to the people. So here again Christ is represented by the angel of the Lord standing in front of the altar collecting the incense which is the prayer of the saints. So in our church, when we use incense, we remind our, you know, the church is reminding us with the prayer of the saints and our prayers. And Abuna, during Vespers, he goes around the church, he's not just, you know, taking a walk, you know, killing time until, you know, the khuliyat are done and and so on, you know, the chalages are done. No, he is, you know, first praying, and at the same time, he's collecting the prayers of all the people, and taking it and presenting it in front of the altar. So you're supposed to be praying when Abuna is raising the incense and you know doing the circuit around the church. You're supposed to be praying and raising your prayers, lifting up your heart to God and you know giving Him your prayers. So Abuna collects that with Him, and it's very common that you know you can stop Abuna and tell him, Abuna, please pray for me for this. You give him you know a prayer request and so on. So he takes that's that's what he's doing. He's doing he's collecting the prayers and taking in front of the altar and raising this incense, and a lot of the old-fashioned, you know, priests, when they like to raise the incense, they like to make the whole altar, you know, like clouds, around, you know, filled with clouds, so to make you feel the presence of God, so everything we do in our church is 100% biblical, it's 100% from the Bible, we do not invent anything, we're not worshipping idols, we're not following ancient Egyptian traditions or whatever, we are following the Bible. Now the question is, is our prayers like incense rising up? Or it's like rocks not leaving the room? Okay. And I'm sure you guys have been through tons of discussions about the different types of prayers and why prayers acceptable and unacceptable and so on. Okay. And the other question that you have to ask is when Abuna is raising the incense, how much of that how much of these prayers are your prayers? Have you contributed to these prayers or are is just raising other people's prayers and not your prayer? Now, let's go to the trumpets. Oops, not this one, this one. And see the story of the trumpets. Okay. So first, when were trumpets used? To go back to the Old Testament. They were mainly used... Did
2: they break the wall?
0: Yes, that's one, that's that's a good one. We're going to come next. To declare war... Before declaring war, they you know used to you know wake everybody or uh, get the armies ready before uh, the war by sounding the trumpets, announce major events, uh, announce the coming of kings, pre- preparation for travel, declare you know of feasts, and also declaring the end days. We also hear that you know the angels are going to sound the trumpets, and those who are dead will rise and either go to heaven or go to hell so if we take these, why would the seven angels be declaring trumpets and com- relate them to these events right. uh, the sun in the trumpets to declare war on the devil and the antichrist and the end days uh, major events, yes the world is coming to an end it's a final battle is going on, there are going to be major things happening so everyone be careful Uh, And these events are going to, you know, we're going to see each one of these trumpets is going to mean a major event uh, taking place. Uh, Preparation to travel for God's people. Okay, this is it. This is the end of the world, As St. Peter said, this earth is going to be no more and the sun as we know it, it's not going to be, you know, there anymore. It's going to be a new earth, a new sun. So we're traveling to a new Jerusalem, basically. So that's preparation for us to get ready for travel. Feasts. 'Cause it's the end of the of the word again. You can see the next events as getting you ready for a major feast or getting you really scared if you know your heart is not with God. Right? But the, the the purpose of what we're doing is not to scare people. Right? It's to get us assured that God is in control and to be happy about what's gonna happen. Yes, yeah. okay. oh, just a question about
2: it. I never understood this. i but it says here that you know, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people. What is the sword? And I, I see the trumpet now. It makes sense to me why they use the trumpet. What is the, sword
0: the sword? The enemy. The, the enemy and the you know the the army of the <coughs> of the conquering nation. Because it's
3: God, He's saying. The trumpet is the warning. The trumpet is the warning. And if you hear the warning,
2: you'll be safe. But if
0: you hear the warning and you don't hear it, that's what Ezekiel very yeah. If you hear the warning and you choose to go to the ground, your blood is on your hands. Is this in any way related to the last trumpets? It's warning. Again, all these, you know, like this trumpet is, you know, a warning to declare a war, to declare things are going to happen, right? There's an army invading and, you know, be prepared. It's the same thing. All the events that are going to happen are warnings. They are sent by God as a warning to humans. However, do we heed to these warnings and repent or do we continue? For example, some people take what happened to, you know, the disasters that happened over the last year, you know, the tsunami, her, you know, Katrina, whatever. As what's the big deal, right? Natural events, who cares? And other people will say that as a warning to us that this is a trumpet, each one of us, that, hey, maybe the same thing will happen to you, you're not sure. you don't know when you're going to be, you know, affected by one of these warnings, alright, All right. so seven angels with trumpets, again, this is similar to, as Marx indicated, that, you know, in Jericho, when they were surrounding Jericho during Joshua's time, in Joshua 6, uh, chapter 6, there were seven priests with trumpets going around Jericho, you know, seven times. The Ark of Covenant was behind them, and God's people were behind them, and they were singing. So now the seven angels also are coming in, and we're going to see, the, at, you know, closer toward the end of Revelation, the destruction of Babylon, the earthly Babylon, which stands for the city of evil. Right? Um, so God is declaring to us that. This is, you know, very similar to the end times. Get ready. I'm sorry. Very similar to what happened in Jericho. Babylon is going to be destroyed. Jericho is going to be destroyed. The the word, as you know it today, is going to be destroyed. So be prepared. Okay. Again, why number seven? Why not six? Why not eight? Why not eleven? Seven is just a complete number, uh, a perfect number. Yes, everything in everything, you're going to find a lot of things in the Bible are tied to number seven. A lot. Okay, so what are these into... Four weeks. Yes, yes. Uh, actually, we may, it requires a lot of, you know, some research and, you know, getting into numbers, but there's a lot of sevens in the Bible. Not
1: The lunar eight and
0: then breaking it and so not, No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, if you look at, for example, even the number of books, number of, you know, uh, 14 letters by St. Paul, you know, seven, you know, uh, Catholic letters, even the names of those people who wrote one book, the, the, the names of, you know, again, it's a very, very. Uh,
1: i why the seven, number 7 became so important 7 days of the week
0: it's because God created the word in seven days the Bible did not adopt what yes. in the word the word Okay. again number seven that's God made God made that number and again we're still living in the seventh day by the way I don't know whether you know that or not we're still in the seventh day in the morning of the seventh day by the way so once the seventh day ends the eighth day is going to be in heaven we're hopefully going to be celebrating that in heavenly Jerusalem so what are these trumpets? There can be actual disasters. Some people say you can take that literal and a lot of the Protestant churches do take that as a literal sense. For example, when they say there's a, a, a mountain falls into the sea, they say that this is literally going to happen. You can do that and you can take that as, spiritual, as a spiritual event. Uh, it's going to happen with a describe what it means spiritually. In all cases, it's God's warning to people about the end days. It's also God's punishment and God's wrath on the empire of the Antichrist and, and the devil. So, while God is punishing, He's also warning. So again, if we heed to the warning, even if we're not doing, you know, living our life as a righteous life, a lot of times God will allow, for example, trouble to happen. Somebody dear to us, you know, goes through tribulations or suffers or maybe even pass away. That's to us as a warning, as a trumpet, make us awake. I wonder, do we get trumpets in our life and do we hear it? Or do we get trumpets and we immediately turn on the radio as loud as we can so we don't hear God's warning to us? We need to be careful with these events. Who is it affected? And this is an important you know to make it clear these trumpets and these tribulations are going to come to everyone on the earth will it affect more people than the other for sure will it affect especially if it 's national disasters uh, we should not we should not be afraid the the other day I was you know I'm talking to one of uh, the people in the church and he was telling me, oh, Nostradamus is saying they're going to oh. be a nuclear bomb on New York City and so on, and uh, started getting worried about all this. <coughs> Again, the main, if you notice, every, every time we hear about these horrible events are going to happen, God poses, describes to us heaven, describes to us what's going to happen to the, those who overcome, and are glorified in heaven and continues with the rest of the events to tell us I am in control it's not the devil who's in charge it's not the devil who's you know controlling the events it's I am in control I'm the one who's opening the seals at the proper time as I see adequate if you remember when God's people were in Israel what was happening you find darkness at the Egyptians and light at the Israelites you find you know flies and you know frogs at the Egyptians, and you, you don't see these problems to the you know at the Israelites. Their firstborns or you know their the fir, you know their cattle and sheep die, not for the you know the Israelites. So God's people were protected, whether isolated, whether you know something miraculous is going to happen to them or not, they're going to be protected. Even if they go through the same tribulations, even if they suffered the same hunger, even if they suffered the same you know, uh, starvation. They are spiritually protected by God and they're not going to be affected by this. If we put all our trust in Him and if we, you know, love Him, we know He's going to take care of us, it's not going to be affecting us. Right? But it will mainly be more traumatic and affecting the non-believers. Alright. Okay? So the first trumpet. Let's go back and read. Uh, mind ourselves with the first trumpet. Oh, okay. Before we go to the first trumpet, let's continue with some of these verses. Okay. And the smoke of the incense, which uh, verse four, and the smoke of the incense which came from the prayers of the saints ascended. Up before God from the angel's hand. Again, only our prayers have a value through Jesus Christ. That's why every th- every time we pray, we say, we say what? Every time we pray, through what? We finish our prayer with what? Through Jesus, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? Because He's the one who takes our prayer and delivered them to the Father. So without Him, our prayers will go nowhere and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and cast it into the earth right so what is the fire that was cast into the earth what was the fire that came no Jesus sent a fire in 50 days the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples as fire, right? So, and it was and voices thundering and lightning, and earth, an earthquake ha- occurred. So the voices are what are the teaching of the of the church. This is the teaching of the church, guided by the Holy Spirit. When, uh, for example, uh, Saint Peter when he preached in the temple after receiving the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people believed from one sermon. Is there anything stronger than that? St. Paul goes in and preaches, he turns cities upside down by, what you know, preaching. That's strong and powerful voice, so we should never be scared of preaching the Word of God. It's strong and it's powerful. To be able to penetrate and you thunder and, you know, brings people back to to God as He sees fit. And lightning. What's the lightning? Thunder, we hear, right? Lightning, we see. So, these are the actions of the church guided by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Whether well, it's, uh, again, St. Peter uh, telling people that, cheated on the holy spirit they drop dead or whether it's tolerate the martyrs going through the you know walking into the uh, squares to get killed and their martyrdom brings more people to believe in god and to witness to christ or just our lives even the life of christians by itself if you live a truly christian life your life is a lightning and it shows to the people around you who God is and who, who you know what the Holy Spirit is doing for you again, one time we had a discussion with uh, the one of the classes and I think the main thing that you and I can preach with is our life, the main proof about god 's existence. It's not in some fossil or it's in some, you know, not in chemistry book or, in, you know, astronomy or, astro- you know, any of these things. No, it's, it's in our lives and the way we live and the change that happened to our life by being true Christians and letting God live to us, and live in us. And appears to other people in our actions, our words, our, you know, change of behavior. It's not
3: it's um, preach and if necessary use words.
0: Preach not, and if necessary use words. Yeah. Which means live your life, but if you have to, you can explain
1: There was that uh, woman that came to our that she converted
4: to a Muslim... What's her name? Yeah. And uh, they asked her about what's the most effective way to preach. And she said the reason why she came about converting to a Muslim Christian is that she had a secret therapy. Was Christian and she abused her so hard that she, she used to treat her bad, but the girl was so innocent and she was giving love and love and love instead of all the hatred that she got, and that's how she started, you know, questioning, Well, why is the girl behaving like that? And that was the most powerful way of, you know, of
0: preaching. It's mm-hmm. very because, are, you know, just this week I got a, an article, a Kuwaiti professor. Muslim guy, he's, he wrote an article in a public newspaper <coughs> uh, I forgot what's the name um, but he's saying basically how come that you know all the religious leaders of other major religions like you know Christianity and you know his talks also the Dalai Lama are so nice, so modest, so humble they don't curse anybody, they don't you know issue fatwa against anybody they don't sentence anybody to death and you know they don't do any of these things and people like them because you know they see something good about them so and the issue is if again if you are living a life and people see something good about your life why? they're going to say why I mean you're not going to be spared hardships let's all agree on that one We all like, you know, we all like to live with Christ and we all, you know, think if we're going to live with Christ, we're going to be protected. Anything happens to us, a mighty angel is going to come with a sword and defend us, you know, left and right and we're going to be fine. It's not going to happen, right? We're all going to be, again, subjected to, you know, to hardship like anybody else. But the issue is, how are we going to deal with hardships? How am am I going to live, you know, a life of purity? How am I going to live, you know turn the other sheik, how I'm not going to steal, how I'm, I'm going to be uh, in, you know, honest about my work and dedicated to my job and all these things. It was very common in Egypt that they say we're going to hire you because you're Christian because we know your work ethics. It's known, you're a Christian, you have a specific work ethics. Again, you go back to the early church. I forgot which one of the was saying but he was saying that go and investigate in every jail you're not gonna find a Christian who's in jail except for the fact that he's Christian, they do not commit crimes, Christians cannot commit crimes, cannot be in jail for anything other than just their problem is being Christian Is that the case today? Is this our image in the world today? If we go back to this image, guess what kind of preaching we're gonna do? instead of our children being troublemakers in the schools and you know create the most problems they're gonna be this, the magnet to bring people to Christ and there are people who do that the other day we were in church and a girl and her mom came to do a topic about the church and they were so impressed about the church before even they walked into it because they work in an elderly, the girl works in an elderly home and this old man who doesn't even know how to speak good English his attitude and his, you know, way of life impressed the girl so much that she liked the church that he believes in, without even knowing the church. So we're talking about even people living here today in East Brunswick, not some far off land. Anyway, so that's the lightning and the earthquake the biggest example of the earthquake is you know when St. Paul was ta- talking to Felix the the ruler right, and he what? He trembled. Right? So when people hear God's word they can be shaking and affected and that's what's going to happen you know to people that's what the Holy Spirit did in all of us. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood and they were cast on the earth and the third part of trees was burned up and all green grass was burned up so hail and fire hail is a sign of God's might and power uh, and the fire of course is a sign of His anger so that's hail in heaven Heading together and coming in with hail and fire. We hear about hail, storms, you know, uh, golf-size balls and stuff like that and destroying stuff. This is going to be a lot worse and that's similar to one of the plagues that hit the Egyptians. If you go back to Isaiah 28, 2, Behold, the Lord is mighty and strong, one like a hail storm, that's why we say His might, a destroying storm like a flood of mighty waters overflowing He cast down to the earth with His hand in Psalm 1813 Jehovah also thundered in the heavens and the highest gave forth His voice hailstones and coals of fire so this is the first trumpet God is sending a hailstorm with fire on earth so who is affected? Trees and grass. The trees, is a sign of the arrogant people. Uh, the green grass, all those <coughs> who are immature spiritually, who are feeding on the wealth of the world and the, you know, the pleasures of the world, like you know, the animals feed on the, you know, the, on the grass. Uh, so that's basically uh, the trees and the grass. So if we're holding strong to God, if we are not again part of this word, this is not gonna affect us. Again whether this is gonna be physical hail and storm, actual hail and storm, or is gonna be spiritual, nobody knows. Uh, it can be happen either way. It can ha- both way can happen. You, know, you, you,
1: know, you don't you don't see it too much all the ones inside of you in the Old Testament you see punishment is you know terrible force and time the revelation is the one
0: in the New Testament you see it come up you don't see that kind of violence frequently in the New Testament that's what I'm saying you only see it in revelation it's not a matter of you know of violence uh, again God is God the
1: same yesterday yeah it is ultimate, the ultimate the
0: I mean, right and we've right. seen we've seen storms when storm hit, you know, when Katrina hit. Yeah. It destroyed, you know, uh, millions of homes. And when we saw, you know, a small earthquake happen under the sea, 230,000 people vanished in, in hours. Something like this happened in Egypt no, 19.
2: Question. No, like, yeah, that. Did it like a fire? That road? was different.
0: Oh.
1: Dogs of fire. Yeah. Why yeah. are the trees <laughs> arrogant? Why
2: is that symbolic of arrogance? Strong.
0: What? The trees?
2: Yeah.
0: The, the trees can represent multiple things. The, you know, again, <laughs> in <they> one.
2: David <laughs> <laughs> one... <laughs> <have an> Arrogant is <laughs> strong.
0: That's that's one way that you know they they you know they're tall they're showing in the branches and so on. But at the same time, the righteous people are also represented by a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first son in the morning prayer, you know, uh, the righteous man is like a tree standing, you know, on the bank of the rivers and so on. So it depends on the situation. The tree, the same, can represent something good and can something you know bad. Here, because it's gonna. Again, these are the people, are go- or these are the the type of people are going to be affected. Uh, that's the interpretation of you know of the father said that most likely that you know the trees are the arrogant you know, half the people people who think themselves okay. big shots and so on. So when these things are going to happen, they're not going to know what to do. But to go back and you know comment on what Amit said is that. And this is something important because there's a lot of ideas going on around us that says God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament are a little bit different. God changed, or maybe it's a different God totally of the Old Testament and the New Testament. But God is the same. You go back to the most... The audience is different, but also go back to the most, the strongest book about condemnation and about suffering the prophecies, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, you know, all these people and you're going to find the most wonderful, most loving and most comforting verses in the whole Bible He is the same God I mean, look at the disciples in the New Testament by one word, people drop dead Uh, if you read carefully, when St. Paul is saying, you know that for the first church among you fall dead because they approach communion, you know, unlawfully. Unlawful, God has not changed. I mean, look today. I'll go back and you know, co- quote things that happened. An earthquake in China in the 70s or whatever, 250,000 people die. Tsunami, 230,000 people die. It's the same mighty powerful God, but the issue is do we listen do we listen to the warnings where i was you know joking is that we raise the volume up of the music so high and we have a new you know another mardi gras you know a week after the whole thing happens <laughs> as if nothing happened <laughs> right and the only thing we make fun of is you know FEMA and we don't look at our sin and guilt and try to you know think about that do
1: you think it's more of a you
0: know uh, we filter we filter our image I would say, I'd say it's more of our filter when we try to filter things about God in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Again, most of the comforting verses that we select comes from the Old Prophets. There are whole sections that, you know, people take it and it's so enjoyable. These verses are so enjoyable and so comforting and so, you know, God basically talks to us you know, in a very loving tone that he, he did not change. He did not change. But at the same time, when sin goes to a certain level, He cannot tolerate. He's always going to be trying to bring us back, trying to bring us back until the last minute. But if we decided, and if we harden our heart, as we saw in the churches, if we decided that we... Are going to go the opposite. It's going to be, you know, he's going to We're gonna receive our punishment. Okay. And this is some of the punishments that people are going to receive.
1: I guess, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that in the New Testament, I feel like, you know, you know, God talks to people more like, you know, friends and people you're preaching to. You. Whereas in the Old Testament, it's more of a, you know, this is a master, this so is a servant, you do this, you don't do this, it's a requirement. Yeah. The New Testament, I'll forgive you, you know, we'll you know, fix things, you know, it's more a friend's relationship rather than kind of a, it's a more forgiving uh, obviously it's more forgiving than us. That doesn't mention, but except when you come to your relationship, you get a very, much more violent, uh, much more powerful view of uh, God. When I suspect here that everyone left over here is,
0: Sinful, so no, for that. No, 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 not everyone who left is sinful, uh, because if we say everyone left is sinful here, we're going to talk about the rapture and so on, which is something that's on the side. You go ahead, I'm going to respond to this. Well, go well I
3: was just going to say that um, that I think one of the major differences if you're talking between old and new testament is the spiritual maturity of the of God's people right. and um, in the Holy uh, Spirit. Yeah, you know, in the New Testament. More was expected from the people and more of like you know for example, just a very small example in the Old Testament, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, in the New Testament between the other cheek. You know what I mean? More is expected. So maybe these the signs that we're you know discussing weren't as necessary to win over people's hearts. I don't know what I'm just saying.
0: No, I mean I, I go back and you know we have a couple no, of I mean, things. The but, far more
1: forgiving.
0: Now the, the the difference is again the difference is our perception. It's in the, new, in the old Testament that we find God calls you know Abraham his friend, right? and he befriends Abraham. Can I do anything without consulting you know with Abraham first? It's in the Old Testament we find God talking about David as you know as search the hearts of men and found the heart of David according to my heart. Daniel, right. you know. Gabriel appears to Daniel, he says, "This is, you know, your beloved man, uh, it's, This is in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Christ tells Israel, you know, here's your house, you know, left for you, this, you know, cursed basically. And in seventy, you know, and within 35 years, the whole Jerusalem is destroyed, and not a, a stone is kept over stone. People don't see that in the New Testament. It's there. People don't see it. God, you know." Uh, again send a lot of punishment uh, in the New Testament uh, for those who are unworthy it's new, in the new testament it's not it's not anywhere else
1: the, the,
0: again nature when we see these specific events as far as nature is concerned yes it 's in the Old Testament the last time we saw such a dramatic Event in nature was in Noah time, and past Noah time, we haven't seen all these grand, you know, natural natural events. But the reason, you know, nothing, nothing personal here. This is an open discussion. But the reason I'm emphasizing on this again, there's ideas, there are ideas outside that says God of the New Testament is dealing. I, I know I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you're saying that. The, uh, but also, our our we filter things. We see things in different ways. You, as a, a New Testament person, go back and read the Old Testament. You're gonna f- you're gonna really experience the true loving God who really seeks His people, who goes after them time after time. He, he warns them. He sends them messages. He interferes in their lives, and they're the ones who are ignoring Him. Again, the Holy Spirit was not acting in them. that's the same thing that's going to happen to you and I even the New Testament and as we saw in the churches if we continuously abandon God if we continuously turn our back to God He can't force us to love Him but after all all this I agree with you the, the major natural events that we talk about if they're going to happen in the natural way yes they only appeared in the New Testament in Revelation in that way but also in the Old Testament we haven't seen a lot of, you know, big, you know, things like that. But we don't know whether they're going to be natural or spiritual. Can I, can I have one more
4: thing? Sure. I think also the way God revealed himself
1: to us is
0: different
4: from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then we'll have that in the liturgy. You know, when you say, through the Old Testament God revealed himself to us, so the prophets... The angel, but in the new days he came himself. So like you said, I think he had the nail on the head when you said the relationship between us and God change, It's different. You know, and like Murad said, he said, through this whole time we were like learning this process. You know, back to, you know, he instituted priesthood and, and we to to <coughs> this for out of the years and then finally came himself.
1: I think, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think, you know, what I'm saying is, the open thing is that thing there's a sense of master and servant kind of action, you know, whereas in the New Testament there's a much more friendly, you know, master and servant scenario, clearly, There is, But, you know, there's giving, you know, there's you know, forgiving, you know, forgiving, you know, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more, just the approach a little different. I don't think that means at all. I mean, you know, you can say with an eye for an eye. Okay.
0: anyway we can spend this yeah, is going to be uh, a, a, yeah yeah. right but uh, it's very important to agree that God of the Old Testament New Testament is the same and I go back and say go back and read Jeremiah Ezekiel you know Daniel and all these you know great prophets that there's a lot of warnings and a lot of news about hardships and at the same time you can extract a lot of wonderful comforting verses. So next angel and the second angel sounded and it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea and the third part of the sea became blood a lot of references to blood a lot of references for blood because they're gonna be we're gonna see there's gonna be a lot of people who die spiritually or physically
4: <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: maybe if you want to look for a profitable business Here is the hint <laughs> All right, now, uh, again so the second trumpet is basically a mountain cast into the sea uh, again a lot of people see that as different uh, things it can be a great military leader it can be a great nation that falls some people see that as the devil himself let loose at the end days. And uh, when the devil is let loose, those people who are waiting for him or you know, wishing for him to come back, why are we bothered by all these rules and allegations don't do this, you have to fast, you have you know don't you know, don't do this don't think these thoughts, don't listen to these music and all that it's all gonna be freeze, all are gonna be whatever. They don't know that when the devil is let loose, they're gonna suffer tremendously um he's not he's not a kind <coughs> master let's put it this way uh, he's an awful one uh, or this one is the antichrist when he falls uh, again nothing is clear in this particular uh, from now on there's a lot of things that are not going to be' going to be unclear no <laughs> uh, Uh, the great mountain there's some references to that in the Old Testament like in Jeremiah 51 23 to 26 can somebody read that to us
3: I will also shatter the shepherd and his flock with you and with you I will shatter the farmer and his team and with you I will shatter heads and rulers and I will give to Babylon and to all the people of Chaldea all their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, says Jehovah. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, says Jehovah, who destroys all the earth, and I will stretch out my hand on you and roll you down from the rocks and will make you a burned mountain. And they shall not take a stone from you for a corner, nor a stone for foundations, but you shall be a waste forever, says Jehovah.
0: Again, that, that can be a great leader. Military leader, or you know, someone with great authority, falls down, or a nation, or the devil himself, or the antichrist. Who's affected? I mean, this mountain falls into the sea, and we all know that the sea stands for the turbulent world. And nobody is nourished from the sea; you can't live solely on the sea, and you cannot, you know, you thirst from the sea. So it falls into the sea, affects the sea, affects the world, cause great tribulations there at the same time a third of the creatures a third of the people who are living in the world who are enjoying the world will will die uh, and that means that you know those who are enjoying the world basically will either die spiritually, die physically because of war, because of a massive you know uh, uh, disease or whatever, we don't know. Uh, and again, the third part of the creatures in the sea, those having souls, died. The death can be physical or spiritual. And the third part of the ships were also destroyed. The ships are the source of trade and the source of, you know, wealth. In the old days, if you were living in the seaport, and there was, you know, most likely the seaports were a lot more affluent because of the trade and because of the money going back and forth and you know more products and so on so that's also a sign of money and wealth so these trade vessels are going to be destroyed as well third of them again here you you hear the word third this is not a literal number it's not you know right now We're 6.5 billion, so it's not going to be like, you know, 2.13 billion people dying. It's a large, large number of people. It can be up to, you know, 2 billion people. We don't know. That's one third. Again, some like to focus this more and more on the church and uh, people in the church, and they're going to be affected uh, in particular.
2: So is there significant to it being one third?
0: You know, because if we wanted a big number, it was there say one half. So is there, like, because three or one, be that being mm, Not, so no. no. And I did not read anything specific <laughs> on why it's one third and not one fourth, for example, and okay. not one, you know, fifth or, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No okay. So that's the let's go back to the, I to read the third C right. again but also a third is shows that it's, it's calculated, it's not a random number it's a specific number that's going to be affected uh, and the third angel sounded and a great star burning like a lamb fell from the heaven and it fell on the third part of the rivers and on the fountains of the waters, the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third, a third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. Okay. Now, if you look at the gradual, this is the first one is hail and you know fire and hail and fire. The second one is specific: a mountain falls in the sea, and we said the sea is the word. Now, we talk about something very specific, which is the rivers and the water fountains, right? And the fountains of the waters. And if we go here, we look at the rivers, What what is the sign of the rivers? What does the rivers represent in the New Testament? The Holy Spirit, right? So, it's the teaching of the church. So, this particular trumpet, is going to affect the teaching of the church. So that's why they say that this particular star, great star, is either, again a spiritual leader. This time it's a spiritual leader, not a military leader. It's a church. It can be a whole church that falls into a heresy or into some kind of uh, trouble. It can be the Antichrist or the devil again released. Okay. Uh, and affecting the rivers and the uh, f- water fountains or the fountains of water mm-hmm. uh, we saw the verses for that John 4.14 and John 7.38 he who lives, believes in me as the Scriptures said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water right? living, rivers of living water so when this star affects the rivers a third of the rivers means it affects the teaching of the church so if this is a great leader and goes into you know and becomes heretic or leads a heresy and he poisons a third of the rivers, he poisons the teaching of the church. So those people who are drinking from that from this from these rivers, guess what? Now they're gonna be drinking something called Wormwood, which is like a very bitter plant. So we're drinking very bitter water that they die from. So this means that the teaching they're drinking from is going to be a deadly teaching kills a spiritual life and again a lot of these heresies the main objective of these heresies is to deny the divinity of Christ and denies that he is the savior they can, you want to believe in God go ahead believe in God but on one condition, don't believe in Jesus Christ as the savior whether this is Arius, whether this is Jehovah's Witness, whether this is the Mormonism, whether this is any of these heresies, their main goal is to drive people away from Christ, you know, from Christ, and let them believe any other faith. Okay. Uh, so that's the warmwood. Okay. So who is affected? All those who follow false teaching. In this case, they'll die spiritually because they're drinking you know, water that's not pure. So, now the question is for you and I. Do we know the teaching of our church so that when somebody comes and tells us that the Bible said that you know, Jesus is you know, Archangel Michael, or when the, you know, somebody comes and tells us that Jesus is a God but he's not God, do we know how to answer these questions? Or Jesus is, yeah, you know, he's a prophet and everything, but he's not the Son of God. Do we know how to answer this? Do we know the teaching of our church? Do, we, do can we defend the sacraments when people tell us, no, there's no priesthood, you don't need a priest, you don't need repentance, you're already saved and you know you're going to heaven no matter what you do. Once you accept Christ and that's it. All these are false teaching, and people will drink from these false, you know, false teaching and you know believe in that and they end up to be dead so that's the third trumpet let's go to the fourth trumpet and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was stricken and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars so that the third part of them was darkened and they and the day did not appear for a third part of it and the night also. Right? Now what do you think this trumpet presents? Again as you saw, first general trumpet next one the sea, the world, third one the church and the fourth one me more closer. So, what do you think this trumpet represents? Again, it can be physical. It can be actually, literally, that you know, like I don't know, some kind of you know, solar clouds or whatever, or you know, eclipse or whatever, or God and really fall away. exactly who is this who's our son God Christ Christ is our son right and when when this son is stricken, when this son is obscured what does that mean people no longer know Christ or oh, people know Christ in a deformed way it's not a clear way anymore no they don't know they don't know the true Christ is they don't have a have the wrong image about him. Like for example, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, you know, and all these guys. Now, that's the sun, that's Christ himself. How about third part of the moon? Who's the moon? The church. Because we, the church only reflects the light of the sun. So, we don't have glory of our own. The church doesn't have glory of its own. The church reflects the glory of God. All these saints that surround us, they're only reflecting to us God's glory and God's action. As we said, when we testify to people by our lives, we're not saying how great we are. We're saying how great God that's working in us is. If I change my lifestyle from one way to the other, it's not because I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm the best person on earth. No, it's because that God and the Holy Spirit that's working in me and changing me. That's the one that's really great, and that's the one that's wonderful. So now, when the moon, you know, is stricken and third third of it is darkened, it means that the third of the church also doesn't know God. Maybe the third of the church is, you know, fell into heresy or just forgot about God completely and unfortunately you find that even here in our churches today people who are here physically in the church but they don't they don't know God they don't live with God they don't project the right image of God what do you know about them you know unfortunately as Simpsons cartoon said you know the cops are what bigots and you know that's the image that we're giving to the people about us that we are bigots and you know we don't have tolerance, we don't have any love toward other people and any, any of these things. But if that's the image that people are perceiving about us, do you think that this is a church that reflects really God's glory? I don't think so. So we must be doing something wrong that we're not really reflecting God's glory and we need to do something a little bit different. Uh, how about the stars? said, Sun... Is who Christ? The moon is the church. The, church, the stars are yes, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> As or you know, you know the saints. Don't forget, you know what did Saint Paul say about the saints that they differ, you know, in glory and especially in heaven, like you know, the stars different, you know, and honor and glory, right? So the stars can be us can be the, the spiritual leaders and a third of them is going to fall uh, or darken so that's going to be you know, a sign that you know spiritual leaders are also going to be affected and they may not present the true image of Christ to people and the day did not appear for a third part of it and the night also, the day always represents that we are working the day we're still struggling and so on the same thing as the ten versions right remember the parable of ten versions or the parable of the workers in the field the day is the time that we are working and struggling even that time is going to be shortened we're not going to have all the time to be able to repent and come to God and the night even the time the dark time when we slacken it but to repent and that time also is going to be darkened it's going to be shortened the a lot of the people, even they fall into sin, they're not going to be repenting back. So again, that's a third, that's not all the church. And when we talk with people and they talk about the rapture and so on, and we talk about the end times, right? And if this represents the church, a lot of the believers are going to be remaining until the end days. Right? So that's something else against the rapture, but unfortunately those people who believe in the rapture take everything literally, I don't think that this is spiritual at all so actually they're going to be, they talk about astronomical phenomena and you know the sun actually the dark spots are going to grow and all these things we look at these, it can be this way you know really the dark spots and something happens to the sun And when something happens to the sun, it darkens. By nature, the moon is going to darken because it doesn't reflect all the sun. And, or, most likely, it's something spiritual, and it's the whole church or a great leader that's going to fall into this, into some heresy. Now, verse 13 prepares us to the next chapter. And I saw and I heard one angel flying in mid heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth from the rest of the voices of the trumpet and the three angels being about to sound. So here the the angels are still worried and still concerned. They're still seeing what's going to happen to earth and they are concerned about it. And they are sending us warnings. Listen to what's going to happen. It's going to be awful. If we thought that all this was happening was bad the next is gonna be gonna you know read what the next they're called the three woes and that's each one of them um, again is a great event that's gonna happen or happened uh, but most likely will happen at the end days it's gonna make us more focused toward the end days and uh, getting ready God is trying to warn people until the last minute to repent or else and there are some people who repent but some people who are going to keep blaming the God of heaven for all what's happening so they're going to believe in a God but they're going to blame him as the God of heaven not as their God they're not going to accept him as their God okay alright so any question about chapter 8 Again, four trumpets, one is hail and fire, okay, quickly, All right. hail and fire, the first one, Uh, actually let's not follow this one, oops. the second one is the great mountain falls into the sea third one great stars great star and that falls into the rivers and affect the teaching of the churches the third one the sun was stricken and the knowledge of God is and I think if you look at especially the third and the fourth they sort of one follows the other you know if the great teaching of somebody spreads a wrong teaching in the world and a lot of people follow that then the knowledge of Christ is going to be not known and it's going to become as a natural consequence to the events and then we start the three woes. so
2: mm-hmm. in the little church that's
4: why they have that picture of the trumpets uh, the seven trumpets
0: in the,
4: in the,
0: in that yes, Archangel Michael yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, that's one of the reasons yeah Okay. Archangel Michael? Seven Archangels the with the trumpets, trumpets. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any any questions, any comments? Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for for coming and you know, with patience and continue with this